chewy zooms in this one. Mm. (laughs) My notes suck. This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. We all remember the big moments in the movies we see. The big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Is once upon a time in Hollywood. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest movie microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata. I'm your gracious host, and alongside me, Mr. Justin Waddell. Justin, how are you? I'm good. It's a, it's a, it's a Thursday, right? It when, is, is Thursday it night. It's Thursday. It's a work night. How are you doing? Huh? It's all right. You ready, to, you ready to zoom? Ready to zoom. Uh, so, welcome. This is the latest in our series of uh, podcasts devoted to brand new films, which have a track record of being shit. Our track record, not but the films. Most of the films are bulb. You're saying our podcast devoted to the new films that you don't think are up to snuff. They're dog shit. And how do you, how do you feel like our podcast devoted to the older films are? Fantastic. In- incredible, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, uh, unmissable? I'd Essential? say... Essential? <coughs> probably throw out the word... The, 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 you could probably throw out the UN from that unmissable. Okay. I don't miss them. Today we're talking about Quentin Tarantino's latest film. Ah. Uh, latest opus. The seminal Once Upon a Time in America. No. Once Upon a Time in Your Baby's Bottom. Closer. Once Upon a Tim. Perfect. Once Upon a Time dot dot dot. In Hollywood, once upon a time, once upon a Tim Roth, he was supposed to be in this movie. As I don't know, but he's not in it no. unless you spotted him. Nope. Although there are a lot of people that are in this movie super barely. There's a lot of people in this that were supposed to be in this movie that were cut out. Such as zoom in. Tim Roth is one of them. I looked at. There was a couple other people. He was cut out. They filmed uh, and he cut. cut he must out. have been. Yeah, huh. must have been. I don't miss him. Fuck him. Um, <coughs> there's other people Fuck as well. Tim Roth. Why? I don't know. He's fantastic. And he's uh, especially fantastic. On that TV show Lie? To Is me? Lie to me, nice. Uh, no, in Tarantino movies. Loved him in Reservoir Dogs, even though his accent is otherworldly. And I loved him in uh, Pulp oh, Fiction. He's fine. Where his accent is strange as well. And then Christopher, uh, what's his face? Waltz plays, does his best Tim Roth impersonation in Hateful Eight. I didn't see Hateful Eight. Somehow I missed it. Wow. Uh, so if you guys aren't familiar with the movie Microscope, it's a show where we we get microscopic and we're injected into Martin Short 
and we travel through them and we find those little tiny moments that make or break and we reemerge with knowledge. Mm-hmm. We're two like Dennis Quaid's. Exactly. Well, the we're pro- twin Quaid's. We're, he's the one that's small. Mm-hmm. Martin's one that's big. Yeah. Okay. So we're both Quaid's. Yeah. Wait. Can I be Randy? Yeah. Okay. Can I be Dennis? Can you be Schwarzenegger in Total Recall? <laughs> so if we were talking about Farlap, we wouldn't be talking about the scene where the horse, out of nowhere, starts walking around on its front legs. We'd be talking about the little moments. Is his head pointing to the ground when yeah. he's walking? <laughs> Doing a head in the handstand, I guess. Yeah. Kind Hoof of. stand. Hoof st- Let me zoom in. Hoof stand. <laughs> Is the horse's name Farlap? That, wasn't that their song, The Reason? Hoof stamp? <laughs> but is that the name of the horse? Farlap. Farlap? I don't I think. Yeah. Who's in that? I don't. I don't know. The horse and who? I don't know. <laughs> That'd be awesome. You remember that movie, though? I don't. I remember the name barely. Farlap. I think it's. I think it's a term used to describe when burlap is uh, <laughs> not near you. <laughs> Maybe it's a term to describe Reed Richards. <laughs> he does have a farlap sometimes. <laughs> oh, directed by Simon Windsor, who did Quigley Down Under. Uh, there's nobody. Speaking of Quigley, Quayley. Margaret Quayley's in this. Speaking of uh, fucking Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah. The lead character's name is Tommy Woodcock. Hmm. Played by who? Tom Berlinson. Okay, I don't know this. What, anyway, it's a movie about a horse. What year? What year? Uh, 1983. So... Do you think in any of these movies that are about horses, like there's been a lot of movies about horses, right? Fuck yeah. Is there any of the movies that were the horses build first? Yes. Okay. Which ones? Which one? Uh, shit. That'd be awesome if that. Yeah, maybe it'd be kind of a good gag to build a horse horse first. Then it was like. I like that they did that in Godzilla, where they build them as themselves. I do like that. Yeah. yeah. Best part of the movie. Um, a little underrated that movie, I'd say the newest Godzilla movie. Um, I hated it. A lot of people would it. say any Julia Roberts movie, the horse is built for. Her. But I disagree because she's adorable. She's a cutie. All right, so let's talk a little bit about Tarantino's latest. Well, let's set up the old shit. Has he talked about this film yet? Has he? Do you know if he's been interviewed or yeah. said anything about it yet? Yeah. Usually, do you have any go? Usually, a quiet, quiet guy. Wouldn't yeah. know a movie of his came out. Yeah. Yep. He did stop appearing in his films. That was one of the things he's kind of stopped doing. When's the last time? Maybe Django when he when he actually had a role. I don't know. He I was trying not to. I try not to see him. I try to not look at him. I'm surprised he wasn't in this because there's a lot of different. There's a lot of parts in this. There's a lot of him in the movie. Oh yeah. Um, by the way, this movie, did you hear? What? Just came out, already 
has a 10-toe rating on WikiFeed. Jesus Christ. Can you believe it? I can. Is that how they use a toe rating? Okay. Don't need to know that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if they do that. So, once upon a time, dot, dot, dot in Hollywood is mm-hmm. his knife film, right? WikiFeed alert. Yeah, big uh, time. Ninth, ninth, uh, yeah, ninth. Uh, it is count, his ninth. If you film. count Kill Bill as one, right? And he said he said uh, a few times that he's only going to ten. He, he'll only make ten films. So this is his ninth. So one more, according to you know. Math. And it's funny. Um, in about 1998, people are like when they hear that, he's like, like, oh no. Well, like 2019, <laughs> they're like, you promise? <laughs> Actually, ninety-eight. He was not around yet. Reservoir was in the nineties. Oh, he said nineteen ninety-eight. Yeah. Okay, I think it's in nineteen eighty-eight. Um, it was he. Did he say it like Billy Crystal? That first person. I didn't How's it go? It. Oh no! They don't pay me no more. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you think Billy Crystal would be? He'd be a a person that maybe Tarantino would, would Tarantino would put in his movies. Yeah, I could see that work. Yeah. Stick to the script, Billy. But he couldn't. Billy couldn't stick to the script ever. Yeah, he's got to throw in his own science, you know. Yeah. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the cast of this film. Okay. Do you know who's in this? Um, I've seen it. We saw it last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Leonardo DiCaprio. Is he billed first? Yes, he's billed sideways with Pitt, reversed actually. Okay. Because in the shot where we see the titles. Leo's name's over Brad, and Brad's name's over Leo. Yeah, and they're driving. They're backing out. Yeah. Yeah, in the car. But Leo is our first build. Yeah, and he's not driving. Brad, Brad Pitt, Brad, Brad. Thir- second. Margot Robbie, th- third. Yes. And then we have, I believe, Al Pacino? Maybe a little later. He Margaret Qualley? He might be the with Al Pacino. Margaret Qualley's pretty build top. You no, know, actually, I know who's at. It's uh, What's-His-Face is right after her. Hmm. Into the Wild. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, he, do, he, is in, he is in the credits. Um... Uh, Emil Hirsch. Emil Hirsch. Timothy Oliphant is in the credits, I believe. Damien Lewis is not, is he? Yes, Luke he Paris, is. Luke Perry. Luke Perry. Um, but Emil Hirsch and Timothy Oliphant were in a movie together before. Cool. The Girl Next Door. Mind if I zoom in? Okay. A classic. <laughs> is that the one with hot? Yeah, it's the one with uh, the girl Eliza, Eliza Cuthbert. Cuthbert. Yeah. yeah. 24 she uh, she had a good career mm-hmm. yeah. I just saw something with somebody named Cuthbert in it that's weird yeah was it her was there somebody named Cuthbert in this movie if it, if she's in this some some you know who's in this movie I'm gonna I don't think you know okay Rebecca Gayhart is in this movie what didn't she date Tarantino for a while did she Hmm. Anyway, uh, you, can I, I may draw a conclusion if she dating Tarantino? She has feet. <laughs> Zoom in. Uh huh. Okay. So who does she play in this? Do you think you ever showed up to a Tinder date before and the horrified that the girl did not have feet? Oh my God! Didn't show it in the pictures. Was disguising the fact that she, she had some stubs. <laughs> He's like, it's not going to work. Yeah, this ain't footless in Seattle, bitch. <laughs> so uh, Rebecca Gayhart plays. Uh, I believe in this Cliff Booth, who's Brad Pitt's character, his wife. She has one scene. 
Do we see her face? We do not. I think she has sunglasses on and some, maybe even a scarf on her hair, on her on her famous Rebecca Gay Hart locks. I'll be damned. That was her, I believe. Billy Booth, not an awful actress, but a shitty driver, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, so let's talk a little bit about the setup of this. Well, film. First, let me say, uh, rest in peace. Uh, Mola Ram came out of the closet. <laughs> you had to kick that off with rest in peace. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Speaking of gay heart. I got it. <laughs> that wasn't for you. That okay, was so... For, that was for that guy listening on uh, Stitcher. <laughs> Obviously, doesn't choose the right platform. We probably ain't gonna get that joke. Stitcher is a wonderful platform for podcasts. Yeah. Remember that game? We're lucky to be on it. Okay, wasn't there a game for the Sega CD called Stitcher? Is it a horror game? No, it was like a uh, spy game or something. Hmm, could be wrong. It was a name like that. Anyway, it's a, it's a good. That'd be a cool last name. It'd be like a Tarantino. It's last like Jack name. Reacher, Jack Stitcher. Yeah, yeah. Mick Stitcher. Yeah. Could have been like uh, one of the the fake movies that he puts in here, Stitcher. You know, yeah, like yeah. Oh, he could, and his arch enemy is Lou SoundCloud. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you want to talk about the plot a little bit? Oh, sure. Everybody knows. Why don't you? Everybody knows. All right, so uh, Leonardo DiCaprio plays a an actor in this name, Roy Bannon. I can't remember his name already. That's Owen Wilson. What is his name? He's like Jack Rugnack. Um, it's like Stalk. Jack. It's like Burke Blap Farlap. <laughs> it's stinky. Um, so Leonardo DiCaprio, Nick will come up with his name in a second, plays an actor, a, a somewhat successful actor in the in the sixties. Yeah. Fifties and sixties. Right and, on. Uh it was on a TV show, popular show called Bounty Law. Mm. When we meet him, he is Rick Dalton. Rick Dalton. And when he's we meet him, he is Looking, he's he's guesting on other people's TV shows. Used to be in movies, not so much anymore. Dude. And his best friend is a as a his a stunt stunt uh, double, yeah, named uh, Cliff Booth, yeah. played by Brad Pitt. And um, they have a great relationship. They're friends. Uh, Cliff does a lot of errands for Rick, drives him around, but there's never any um, animosity. They're just friends. Like they 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 don't they're not jealous of each other. Right. They don't get mad at each other. They're just buddies, and they hang out together all the time. And you know, Rick is at a time of his career where it's he's on a downward slide, and Cliff is there to kind of prop him up and try to help him out a little bit, right cheer on. him up. Yep. So in the meantime, uh, you know, Rick was smart and bought. He as he points out, he bought property early on in his career before the property value skyrocketed in uh, LA so he has a nice house right and he happens to live next door to uh, Rowan Polanski Correct. and his wife Sharon Tate yep and played by played by Margot Robbie 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 I always say I call her Robbie all the time uh, Robbie she's Australian maybe it is but I think it's Robbie it is Robbie and so um, he considered Rick is excited that this is happening because he he said me you know, at one point to Brad Pitt maybe I'll end up being <laughs> in a Roman Polanski film. He's the hottest director going right now. Right. Um, 
you know, uh, and so that's that the setup. The movie is that is that t- you know uh, Cliff is bummed out, kind of washed up. Not Cliff, uh, Rick, and Cliff isn't getting much work either because if Rick's not getting work, Clint, who doubles for him, isn't getting much work either. But Brad Pitt doesn't seem to give a shit. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't. He kind of seems like he has accepted his fate, um, and just bumping around L.A. aimlessly. Yep. Movie feels a little aimless sometimes. I'd say not yeah. not reviewing it necessarily. It feels like a movie it's that sort of like his inherent vice in a way, taking its time. Um, talking about it's a you know I think one of the things I was excited about in this movie going into it. There's a lot of people in it, um, and so I was excited to see the other roles, the characters that were going to pop pop up. They do. There, you know, Kurt Russell pops up. Zoe Bell, who's a Tarantino regular who's a stunt stunt woman pops up uh, Michael Madsen's in a shot it, the thing is those people don't really get characters to play and so the the, the focus on this of this movie is really on um, DiCaprio and Pitt obviously uh, Margot Robbie obviously and that's really it the, the only person that really gets a, a, a sort of meaty character and don't not say, even don't say Pacino no, um, the one that gets uh, she gets more screen time than I think most is Margaret Qualley, who's from um, Leftovers and from uh, The Nice Guys. She plays like a young kind of hippie. The movie gets into some serious trouble whenever it veers away from Pitt and DiCaprio. I don't think it gets into trouble. I, I you didn't like the so then obviously the big thing with Sharon Tate is that you know she was murdered by the Manson family. It's awful and allegedly, and uh, he may be fine. Uh, you know, it gets into the, it gets into Charles Manson. You see him in a scene, and you you see his cult. Um, and Nick, I guess, didn't like that stuff. I actually liked it. I thought it was fairly was effective in this. <laughs> what are you talking about? I thought that shit was dick at the at the at the ranch or whatever. I thought that was pretty effective to me. Anyway, it doesn't matter. When, so when Pitt's running the show, yeah. Um, well, it's always centered around those those yeah. guys. Um, and so that's it. You know, you see, you see DiCaprio kind of trying to act in stuff, whereas he's kind of past his prime and having a tough time struggling with it. You see Pitt kind of driving through the city really fast. There's a lot um, of driving in this movie. Yeah, lots. And so that's that's it. And then it gets to the end. Uh, you know, we won't go into too much, but it gets to that climatic. You know, the kind of the scene that everybody's waiting for which is which is the scene set at um sharon tate's uh the wonderland murders yeah is that what it's called the Wonderland? yeah so but you know the movie obviously plays with that so uh, so man has a different uh angle he has on it so anyway what did you think Uh, you know we it's hard because you know we're known for zooming in big time but we just saw this guy we just saw this movie yeah it's hard to zoom in I found it tough to zoom in on this one. I didn't. You're zooming in? Yeah, yeah. Well, give me one. I hate Wilhelm screams, and there's one in early in this movie. Played as a joke. But that's all the Wilhelm screams are are anymore is played as a joke. Although Tarantino that, has an affection for old Hollywood, and that's certainly a part of old Hollywood. I, I know, but it, I get triggered by it. I don't say triggered. Did you know that Don Jr. just released a book called Trigger? Triggered? Don Don Johnson has a kid. 
Don the fucking dragon Wilson has a baby dragon. <laughs> oh, by the way, speaking of uh, martial arts, Bruce Lee is played as a joke in this. I was surprised about that. I what, love it. Why Fuck do you it. love it? I love it. Tell me about it. Because I think, I think that is wasn't Bruce Lee just a stunt guy for the longest time, and he kind of got lucky later on. Maybe, but was he a dick? Shit, he seemed like an arrogant dick in I this. I love it. You know, Tarantino obviously is playing with reality and playing with fantasy, and and you know he certainly gave props to Bruce Lee and Kill Bill. So, but it's strange to me a little bit that he is a laughingstock. I like the idea of playing him as a fuck. Yeah, that's fine. It's yeah. just I don't care enough about. I feel bad Bruce for the Lee. actor. They got cast as Bruce Lee. Got cast as the coolest cat ever. I don't care about. Plays him a joke. I don't care. Is this how you're going to be in this? We, why are we doing this movie? If you're going to say you don't like it, and I you actually don't care. I, I think I like the movie more than you do. There's no way. Obviously, you don't, because the way you're talking about it now is like you don't like it. You didn't I'm like the get hard. I'm about to get hard though. You'll see. All right. But that fucking Wilhelm scream go blow itself. That is a very tiny, jokey yeah, part. In I zoomed in. I zoomed in. I wrote that down. And it's just part of a DiCaprio's t- Bounty Law TV show. Yeah. So, what do you think about some of the fake? Some of them are great and some of them aren't. And some of the integration of modern people into old stuff is really good. The Forrest Gump effect. Yeah, on, uh, yeah. Great Escape. Yeah. yeah. That was neat. And um, then I like the fact that they chose not to make Margot Robbie replace the real... Yeah, so fuck, she plays Sharon Tate, who is in... fuck, whatever fuck face. So at one point in the movie, Sharon Tate goes to see herself in a movie. Yeah. And they play the movie. What movie was it? Do you remember? It's, it's Dick, a Dean Martin movie. Dean Martin, yeah. And they play footage from it, and they don't replace the footage with yeah. Margot Robbie. They they play the actual Sharon Tate, which I thought was a nice yeah. touch. And you know, obviously Tarantino, his one of his I guess things he's doing in this movie is trying to restore her legacy a little bit, yeah. you know, and maybe kind of take it away from the awful thing that happened to her and and, and kind of put her in a different light. I mean, it was it was okay. I mean, they lost. Was it? Did she? Was it awful? Are you, her murder? <laughs> There's no reason to laugh. <laughs> she was pregnant at the time, and they killed four. I think they killed four people there. I know. I saw the movie about it. The Wonderland. No, Little Wonderland. Man Tate. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> I love Wonderland. Actually, Val Kilmer is, and my boy's in that shit. Val Kilmer is incredible in Josh Wonderland. Lucas. Is Wonderland about... It's not about Sharon Tate, though. It's about the fucking murder. It's not about that. Wonderland's about something else. It's John Holmes. Yeah. It's not about the, the Manson murders. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm having... You mix up your murders. And Val Kilmer is incredible in that movie, and Kudrow's like, really good, too. He plays John Holmes. Yeah. Zoom in. Don't think Kudrow. Kudrow is great in that movie, and there's a lot of people that are good in it. It's just... Josh Lucas? Yeah, you're right. Jumps over a table in it. What about uh, your boys in it too from hard, uh, hardware, hardware? Oh, Dermot Maroney or whatever his name is. Dermot oh, Mc, I, Dylan I McDermott. It. I love it. Um, Kilmer is fantastic in it. He's like award worthy in it, but it's not necessarily a great movie. A lot of good people in that movie, though. Dogs. Yeah. Wow. Halloween. Yep. Wow. 
Yeah, it's tons. Oh my god. Okay, you want to hear this? This will blow your shit off. Mm-hmm. Who directed it? I'll get there. I, I keep scrolling and getting hard over all these people. Okay. Um, listen to this, people. Paris Hilton. MC Ganey. Lisa Kudrow. Great. Eric Bogosian. Lisa Kudrow, always great. Phase on Love. Christina Applegate. Scoot McNary. Scoot's in there? Natasha Gregson Wagner. Gene Garofalo. Tim Blake Nelson. Ted Levine. Frankie G. From Confidence. Louis Lombardi. Josh Lucas. Michael Pitt. Dylan McDermott. Val Kilmer. God damn it. Carrie Fisher. Kate Bosworth. Carrie Fisher's in that? Oh, yeah. Nice. Who, d- my who directed it? James Cox. Who's that? You don't know James Cox? Uh-uh. Oh, my God. He's the best. Speaking of Cox. Uh, he, d- he did Atomic Tobacco short film. Billionaire Boys Club wrote it. Ugh. Yeah. Killed it. Directed Highway. All right. Let's just put the... Put the IMDb down for a minute. It started off strong, cooled <laughs> off. Um, first great line of the movie. Do okay. You, do you know what it is? What's your? Do you think you know? I don't know. Write a lines down. Oh. Uh, you, I'll give you a hint. Valet what? parking is involved. Okay. What is it? Don't cry in front of the Mexicans. <laughs> okay. That's because Cliff is crying because his career is. Cliff isn't crying. Or uh, Rick's crying because his career is taking a. A huge dump. That's because Al Pacino basically has dropped sixteen tr- like megaton truth bombs on him. <laughs> and he said he Val Pacino plays a an agent. What'd you call him? Producer. Do you Al call Pacino. him Val Pacino. Al Pacino. <laughs> Did I call him Val? I hope so. Um, and he he basically is excited, you know, talking about Rick's old movies, but says that it's time for him to stop playing heavies on TV shows because of what's happening is. A person of his fame is are on TV shows to get beaten, to get for the to 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 make another star rise. And he says you need to go to Italy and make some spaghetti westerns. Um, and DiCaprio, he doesn't want to do that, no, because he thinks that's the death knell for his career. And so he's very upset and starts crying, <laughs> which I think in this in this movie. Uh, you really like Pitt in it, and I loved him. I Leo's it, meltdowns are gold but in this movie. I think, I think when you, I think that Pitt is cool in this. He's he's so so fun in it, and in a way, it's his movie. But DiCaprio, I think, gets a a, a little bit of a meteor role and has even more fun. But it's not as meteor as Sean, Sean Connery's role. <laughs> so, um, yeah, his he has a lot of breakdowns in this. He's very frustrated. Yeah, uh, he's. He's past his prime and knows it, and is uh, and beats himself up about it and rips himself. He also gets to do a lot of the fanciest stuff in the movie too, though. You're saying yeah. that he's got the more challenging role, but he also gets to do a lot of dress up, a lot of goofy shit in his. I think he's got the hard. I think he's got the harder role. Yeah, I do. I think, but I think Pitt is the glue, and completely, it's it's you're talking two sides of a coin. You need them both to be. Yeah, as yeah, good yeah. As they are. And you know, obviously, I, I wondered if it. You know, Tarantino would, I think, say that um, the movie's based on more obscure figures than this. But part of the inspiration, obviously, is Burt Reynolds and Hal Needham. You know, the that relationship, the the stuntman and the director, obviously, Hal Needham with Burt Reynolds, the star, and that's at play here. Do you feel? Uh, do you feel that way about Care Delay? 
What do you mean? Did Hal need him? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> Just checking. <laughs> Didn't need him. Um, try to went cr- went crazy. Went computer crazy. Do you know that Hal was from my hometown? Hal need him. The robot. The robot. Bullshit. He was made in Champaign, Illinois, and that's where I grew up. Nice. They say that in the movie. I was made. He was like, whenever he's going through his, he's dying, you know, or whatever he's yeah. going through. And, you know, uh, Kira's stripping his, his memory chips out, trying to kill him. Yeah. And he's, he's getting, you know, he's dying. It's waxing nostalgic. And he's waxing nostalgic. He's, that's a great movie, by the way. You don't like it that much. I lo- are you kidding? 2001? I thought you don't like it. I worship that movie. Oh, I love Thanks it. Thanks for making me look like a goddamn Well, I remember idiot. when I first started, you know, hung out in coffee meetings, people didn't like 2001, I was shocked. Steve does not like it. Okay. What's so, your favorite brand of dog food? Uh, Wolf's Tooth. Amazing. The good food for bad dogs yeah. is the tagline. So Tarantino has, um, he's known for putting fake products in his films, yep. uh, and that's what's maybe it, one of the, the best. Candy apple, what's the fucking golden apple, whatever that shit Some is? Some of the cigarettes. cigarettes and stuff, yeah. But Is Fruit Brute one of his, or is that a real one? I think Fruit Brute was real. Okay. But... This is maybe one of the best, which is Wolf's Tooth Dog Food. Uh, good food for bad dogs, I believe is the tagline. It has a tagline. has a another second name. I can't remember the second name. Wolf's Tooth something else. Um, it's like made made by raccoons or approved by raccoons. Did you see that little stamp on it? Not. So there's he put a lot of work into this dog food art. It's great. Um, and, you know, Cliff has uh, a, like a pit bull in this. No, oh, it's a pit bull. It's, it's definitely is a pit bull. And um, named Brandy. And that's, a, that's another... Homage. Well, maybe, but it's another character in this movie. Is Pitt's relationship with that dog is is pretty essential to the film, and the dog is very, yeah, prominent and, and great. Yep. Um. And uh, yeah, so you know, DiCaprio has kind of a shaggy Pitt as his as his best best friend, and then Pitt has an actual dog as his best bud. So I'm gonna zoom in. All right. So the other characters in this movie. Uh, you know, there's like this. I guess the f- pit keeps running into uh, this very pretty hippie girl on the side of the road named Pussycat, played by Margaret Qualley. What did you think of her character? Did you not like her or something? I liked her. Uh, she was one of. The, she was fine. Yeah, she's a. Uh, there's a. There's like a, a connection between her. Pitt's driving around. He keeps seeing her, and they have a little flirtation. Going like on. a little flirtation. Yeah, and he eventually picks her up as she's hitchhiking, takes her to the famous ranch that the Manson family had inhabited. Um, and then things go kind of wrong for him there a little bit. Not too wrong, but it's it's kind of a creepy scene, I think. It works um, pretty well. Uh, but we you get, didn't, to, we get to see Bruce Dern for a little bit. Mm-hmm. We get to see your favorite actress, Lena Dunham. So I don't dislike Lena Dunham like most of the internet does. I guess that they really don't like her. I don't. I don't mind Lena Dunham. Uh, I don't like all the shit she does with the puppets. <laughs> so uh, that was Burt Reynolds, by the way. We're gonna Burt Reynolds was originally cast in the Bruce Dern role to play the the guy that owns this ranch, right? That this that's kind of uh, letting the cult live there, and uh, but he died. So Bruce Dern, yeah, fine. Bruce Dern who apparently apparently had leaked the Hateful Eight script originally. Remember really? that? Remember that? I don't remember. Tarantino's super pissed. Yeah. It, it, it's, yeah. I don't know if he leaked it by mistake, but he did. I might be wrong about that. Bruce Dern uh, could not be older. 
literally physically cannot be older than he is now. Really? Is he super old, huh? I mean, just look at him. Mind if I zoom in? Yeah. Laura Dern's daddy. Zoom in further. On the set, uh-huh. Dern tootin'. <laughs> All right, so, you know, what are some standout scenes for you in this, then? Because, you know, Tarantino's known for his scenes, like some incredible scenes. Did you feel like any of the scenes reaches the heights of, like, say, Inglorious Bastards, like some of the Absolutely. scenes in that? You do? Yeah. Okay. So tell me tell me about one of the scenes that stuck out for you. There, the uh, There's a whole, like, Wrong. series of scenes where uh, between... Basically, we we had w- this w- rooftop pit, segueing into scuba pit, segue into Bruce Lee pit. Like that whole segment right there is magic. Yeah, and it's a nice. That's a it's a tricky flashback scene. You don't realize it's a kind of a flashback scene until the Tarantino has fun with that. Yeah, it's a. Yeah, it's basically Pitt remembering why he doesn't get hired that much yeah, anymore. Yeah, but it's yeah, he's uh, you know there's a, his character in this is and a, the way he gets onto the roof. Oh, the way he gets on the roof is incredible in this. He he, you hear he's a stunt man. You keep seeing him walk around cool, but then he gets on the he he goes to fix something that an antenna gets knocked down in in Rick's house, and he goes to fix it. And he he leaps on himself. He up parkours there. onto the roof, which is amazing. Um, takes off his shirt, still looking good, oh, looking yeah. buff. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has a yeah. There's a scene where he flashes back to a fight, a scuffle he gets into with Bruce Lee. Um, but there's a rumor in the movie that's a little unsettling that um, that Cliff has had killed his wife, and there's a mystery surrounding her death. And they don't ever clue you into if he did or not. In fact, they, they basically it seems like he did kill his wife. Yeah. In this, you think he did? Yeah. Yeah. He also talks about being on a chain gang at one point. Yeah, his his past is a little, yeah, uh, cloudy and uh, maybe a little bit. We've all been there. Narrowed well. We've all been there. But he's he wears it well. Yeah. He seems like he's above it. Yeah. He can't can't catch got, him. He has a code. Won't won't let a girl blow him unless she's of age. Gotta that's, love that. That's true. It's Mar- the opposite of everybody else in Hollywood. Margaret Qualley tries to uh, offer him uh, some oral sex. Yeah. And he turns her down because she doesn't have uh, a license to prove that she is older than 18. Yeah, something like that. Um, in real life, she I think she is in her 20s. So he would have been okay. Yeah. Well, in real life, you know, you can't you can't drive without a seatbelt. Takes her to the... Anyway, so... That, was, that took me out of it. For, I was like, wow, they get to ride without seatbelts. All right, so let's bring up... This is maybe... Is it the first scene that we see Tarantino's foot fetish coming to play, oh, or is it Sharon Stone? Or up, Sharon Tate? That's up there. I think so, the first one is her dirty-ass feet on the fucking dirty-ass dash. I think Sharon Tate first... Oh, in the movie theater. Yeah, in the theater. She Sharon, Tate's goes, Sharon Tate goes to see herself uh, in that movie, and, and she... And by the way, Margot Robbie could not be more adorable in this film. Of course. She's always... She's always very good, uh, charismatic. I Tanya. I never saw that. It's good. It's good, but she looked dog shit in that movie. So uh, she kicks off her boots, bare feet. She puts props them up on the seat and watches, like anybody does in the theater. When you watch yourself in the theater or watch a movie, you just kick off your shoes. You have dirty ass feet, and just put them on the seat in front of you, just straight at the camera, so Tarantino can have uh, that footage and then footage. And then Margaret Qualley, she gets in the car and she props her feet up onto the dash. Dirty and as nut as well. 
Yeah, right into. So Tarantino, I don't know if he recalls, he, I think he recalls this time in Hollywood very fondly and also maybe hates it a little bit because I think it, it seems like it's a, a turning point that he wants to erase. However, I think he likes the, f- the foot play in that in 69 that f- does that make is that sure the way to term it sure um he seems to have a sure he's he's very he's very upfront about his foot fetish i think before people picked up on it because it's a little more subtle not anymore nope it's dumb and now that he is uh full bore foot guy his 10th film might be star trek you know he's he, he's playing with the idea of shooting that uh, movie, that script. How is he going to get his? How's he going to get his his foot quota in that? Who's going to be popping their space boot space boots off in that? Like what? Yeah. There's no. It's harder to get feet into that into the frame in that. Well, I I know one tweak he could do. Yes. See ya, Kinto. See ya, Doctor Spock. Welcome, Doctor Shoal. <laughs> I mean, he's going to have, I mean, what's going to happen? You know, Kirk's going to be bedding down some alien uh, ladies and they're going to have crazy alien feet. Like nine feet. Uhura's not going to wear, is that Zoe Saldana? Yeah. She's not going to be wearing shoes? He puts a lot of thought and effort into framing those feet. I can only think of Kill Bill in this, to be honest. Oh, it's everywhere. I don't know about Hateful Eight, but he... He people maybe I'm wrong. I mean, but he's known for that. He he has an inglorious. He concentrates a little bit on what's her face's footwear and stuff. And uh, I didn't notice. Yeah, you did. I'm sure Death Proof had some dog shit feet in it. You think so? It's only one of his movies I'll never see again. Don't you remember the way that they they, they kicked this off? No. Uh, Reservoir Dogs. What? Harvey Keitel put his hoofs up, <laughs> and it was just like this guy's got a foot fetish. I don't remember that. Oh yeah, there's a lot of a lot of close-ups of Harvey Keitel's feet in that yeah. movie, in Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, you don't remember that? No. Oh, his no. bare feet were all over that thing. Goddamn! No wonder I love that. Him movie. and Lawrence Turney, they yeah. couldn't stop. Rest in peace. Wiping their feet on the camera. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think it is? What do you think it's in Tarantino's? I don't. Well, okay. You think he's alone? There's a whole section of porn for that dog shit. He's not alone, for sure. It's disgusting. It's still kind of, uh, it's still kind of a quirky fetish, though. And you know, Tar- Tarantino's a quirky guy. Yeah, he is. He fixates. Yep. You think he would maybe do? So you're right. A little something more obscure, like I bet you, it's Pat. Lady fucking took off from that relationship because of some foot shit. Did he date her? Yeah, they were almost married. Like, what's her name? She has a name, like Rebecca. No. It's Pat. I know. She's being an SNL. Julie. Julie Sweeney. Yeah, Julia. Julia Sweeney. Yeah. He oh, man, it. you he think... He hated her feet for a while. <laughs> you think she had to pop off her socks? So, in that relationship? I didn't realize Austin Powers' entire wardrobe was based on Roman Polanski. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was... A, that, I mean, that Austin Powers is a very 60s-themed movie, so... But there's that the one scene where it, it's, it takes you out. Because that Cause awful looks crazy. Roman Polanski actor... Is is totally decked out in Austin Powers gear. Uh, the Charles Manson actor David Harriman, Harriman, Damon, Damon, Damon. he's great. I no, love him. No, he's not. He is always great. Oh in yeah, everything. But he's not great in this. He's barely in this. Right. 
And I was excited because I like him in things. Yeah, and I love him. He's great in Justified. He's amazing in Justified. He's in a show called Laid. An Aust- I think it's an Australian show that he's fantastic in. It's about a woman who everybody she ever slept with is, dies. And so then she meets him. And then everybody he ever sleeps with is, like, saved from, like, death. Like, you know, like, they have like, illness. They sleep with him and, he, and they're fine. And so it's kind of like how they're both cosmically connected. It's a funny show. It's okay. good. All right. There's a great manslaughter joke. Yeah, in the Bruce Lee flight, fight. That's yep. in the trailer. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you should. I don't know. Po- I was. You should apologize. S- I don't know. I was not allowed to mention shit that was in the trailer. Guess I can't mention the scene where fucking. I thought a lot of this. It's funny because a lot of the standout moments of this movie are kind of referenced or shown in the trailer. So you know, uh, barring the ending, obviously, but um, you know the the scene where DiCaprio. Uh, gets complimented uh, by a little girl whose performance, and he and he falls apart. Um, that whole scene was great, um, leading up to that. But that 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 kind of cappers in the trailer. The little method actor asshole girl. Yeah, she's yeah. she's great. She had a she had a she had a good role in this. Um, you know, this movie has <laughs> there's a lot of fantasy elements to this. So even that scene with when you know DiCaprio has, is acting alongside against. Uh, Timothy Oliphant, he's playing a bad guy, and he's messing up. Like he keeps forgetting his lines, and so he goes to his trailer and he beats himself up. He's, he looks at himself in the mirror and he says, "I'm gonna kill. If you don't get this right, I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna shoot you in the face or something." Yeah. And which is a great mirror scene. Um, but then he goes out and he crushes it, and it, in a way, it feels like it's it's a fantasy scene because the director, you know, it's at the end of the scene, this long scene where he's very menacing um, and he throws the girl out of his lap. The little girl, he has the little girl at gunpoint throws yeah. her out of his lap and he, and he improvs lines. The director says, I can't believe you threw her out of your lap. And like it was improv. Yeah. And the whole thing feels like it's almost like didn't happen. Like it's, it's like, it's like in his mind. You're full of um, shit. That happened. Well, that's the thing is that mo- the movie feels like it, a lot of it didn't really take place. I wonder if it is uh, intentional on Tarantino's part. Um, you know what did take place? Hmm. Fucking Zoe Bell got work. <laughs> so I mean, obviously, Tarantino rewrites the end of history, rewrites history again, just like in Glorious. And um, you know, it's the movie feels like that after a certain point. It of this feels movie, like nostalgia porn, sort of, but it feels like it's. You know, he's not doing, he's not hiding it. He's not like, he's not tricking anybody. He, you know what the story is. He's not, it's not like he's. But he was always dodgy when he, when people are asking him if it was about Sharon Tate's murder. Well, people were angry about it. And the thing is, I, I, I figured that he would never play it straight and he doesn't. Um, and so I don't know. I didn't really know what, and people were saying he's exploiting it, which he doesn't really do. I mean, his movies are violent. His movies are, um. Uh, uh, you know, I don't you know they 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 have those elements to it, but he doesn't. It doesn't seem like he would ever exploit her. But he death. also doesn't really portray Sharon Tate as anything more than eye candy and well, a kind of just a happy spirit. She you know there's been some controversy about her role in this as far as she doesn't get much to do. I mean she she doesn't she doesn't have a lot of lines, um, but she's in a she's her presence is very like. 
angelic in this. She's, you know, she's innocent sort of and walking through the film. Um, people are talking about her. She isn't really talking too much, but you know, I don't know. It's, you know, he's certainly, uh, nostalgic, like you said, for a certain period of time, certainly nostalgic for this kind of idealized version of who she was before she was kind of, you know, a, you know, uh, an urban legend in a way, or, a, you know, painted by that event. Yeah. I don't know. You zoomed in. I'm talking smart about it. That's for sure. You know what I'm talking about? Hmm. Okay. First of all, uh, let me let me take you outside the movie for a minute and inside the movie theater we were in. Right. So sitting to my right was this giant tub of shit. Me? No. I was on your left. <laughs> there was a couple there who did not have the human decency to turn their Apple watches off. Right. And this girl had this tendency to scratch her hair and twirl her hair like the girl in Phantasm 2. Woman, by the way. Not girl. Girl. No. She's, a, she's a grown woman. She was a, a, a t- in her 20s. Woman. Yeah, barely. Not obviously not a mature one. So, every, she would lift every time she'd lift her hand up, her fucking phone would light up. Her, her watch, watch. Yeah, she had a big one too. And her boyfriend would keep checking his emails on his on throughout his the movie. Yeah, and then this this security guard kept standing and by our row because he keeps seeing these lights flash, thinking they were, might have been recording the movie. And he was like this maybe what seventy five year old man. He was a destroyed piece of shit. And he was uh, he would stand there. And, you know, instead of escorting them out of the theater, you just stand there and to shame them, I guess. That was his strategy. Well, he wanted to see the, them in the act. And, of course, the mm-hmm. girl got all stiff and didn't cop to being a nightmare. Speaking of stiff. I drew a picture of her. There she is. Uh, she was ugly. Well, I mean, the theater was dark. She had a smirking, s- stupid face. Hope she didn't and, listen and to the show. And she had the go- Whenever she saw me writing on my pad, she got grumpy. Oh, she didn't like that? She did not like me writing on my pad. Why? Because I was taking notes. I was zooming in. Mm-hmm. Did you tell her where we were from? No, I, don't, I, I don't pulled her aside afterwards and I said, you know, we are, we do do the movie Microscope. We do that podcast. We have to take notes. Yeah. People expect cutting edge. Yeah. And she's like, are you guys going to get the golden microscope one day? And I said, we might. Yeah. Yeah, we might get we, that. We've won the worst way for him a couple of times. <laughs> uh, I loved her, actually. I, I friended her on uh, Facebook afterwards. I follow her on Twitter now. She's at Flashing Watch on yeah. Twitter. Yeah. She's at... Uh, at Flashing Apple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 No. She's at, great. Yeah. She's on Instagram, but her hashtag, her hashtags are hates writing. Well, I loved her tweet after the movie. She's like, I just watched... She said, I just watched all capitals, the new Tarantino at Wink. Yeah. And she said, my Apple Watch went fucking crazy during that one. She's like, also, I'm out of Selsun Blue. <laughs> she had dandruff? She's scratching her head a lot. Oh, is she? Yeah. Um, speaking of scratching their heads, uh-huh. I was scratching my head, wondering why some of the people that Tarantino said that were in this movie were not in it. Tim Roth being one. I'm going to go through the cast list. I'm going to tell you who's not in this movie. That you know of. Yeah, you know, apparently the movie was had a much longer cut. And Tarantino, um, much like Bruce Lee, karate chopped the footage. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that. But he uh, he said that People complained a little bit at Cannes where it got a standing ovation, rare, um, that maybe it was a little too long. And he said, fuck, I'm going to put more shit in it. And he could. It was a bad shoot. What do you mean? It was a bad shoot. 
No, never mind. That was Brandon Lee's movie. Oh, my God. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm listening, dogs. Let's go through the cast list and see if... Uh, it might not saying. be intact. It might yeah. be edited now. But um, uh, you got... Yeah, I mean, he said Brad Pitt's in this. It was Bra- oh, yeah, Brad Pitt wasn't in it. Um, like Haley Quinn Smith. I didn't see her show up in this. Did you see her? Was she in there? Is that what I think it is? Kevin Smith's daughter? Oh. Um, How do you not cut her out? Rumor Willis. I didn't see her up in How there. How do you not cut her out? Uh, Scoot McNary was in there. Barely. And barely. Clifton Collins Jr., but they're both barely in it. Um, I got hard when he came on the screen, though. Who? Clifton. You know what, Mike Madsen? Remember, he's been like all sad for decades about there being no Vega Brothers movie. Yeah, I think we know why. I mean, there's a reason we don't we don't have any more Mike Madsen starring roles. Oh, Julia Butters played the little girl. I thought she was good. She yeah. stand out yeah. in this. She had, she actually had a lot of dialogue. Um, she comforts old uh, um, uh, DiCaprio Mike, Mike when he's Dullo. feeling bummed out. I thought they were going to paint her as just an asshole, like a snooty little shit flip. But she turned out to be kind of funny. Yeah, she was good. She had a couple good lines. I think he was making up some of the stories in his book. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I can't find anybody I found that was in the cast. Because he he did have a lot of people that were connected to this. Maybe, Maybe I was just wrong. But, you know... Do you feel like, in a way, that Tarantino... Because I thought this movie was good. I, I actually end up... when I, f- I didn't know how I felt about it watching it. I think it feels a little, like I said, inert. I think I said that to you earlier. No. It feels like it's certainly... There's no... There's there's not a lot of urgency to it. And I feel like, you know, in a way, you know, they, people are calling it his most personal film. And do you feel like... No. In a way, it's, a, it's like a... It's... You know, DiCaprio is obviously going through a crisis, a midlife crisis in this. Do you feel like Tarantino is as well? No. Okay. D- Dakota Fanny aged like piss. Oh, come on. She's supposed to look crazy. She's great. She had her her character was the most menacing character in this thing. You know, in some ways. You're overselling it. She was great. You, you, you always didn't like her. The you always hated Are you Dakota kidding? Fanning. You hated I her. operated her fan site for years. Her fanning site. You got all excited because you thought it was her sister was in it, Elle Fanning. Like I knew, and when she first popped in the screen, you're like, "Oh, Elle Fanning, she's gonna crush this." And then I said, "It's Dakota." Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh fuck. She played uh, one of the Manson family members, guarding yep. Bruce Dern. She was guarding Bruce Dern. Have we zoomed in enough? I um, feel like we're. L- I think uh, where the film really excels is in uh, recreation. Microsoft Excel. <laughs> nice. Getting Microsoft talk, talking about it. Um, Where do you think it excels next? Next in next. the recreation of, of uh, old landmarks and and the in the and the and the settings and whatnot, they do a really nice job. Obviously, Tarantino grew up in that world, and he's done a great job of recreating that world with all the old movie theaters. He's hmm, not excited about it. He does. I mean, that's what's so fun about it, though. That's the best thing. It's 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 super. Uh, it's such a really nice, like I said, nostalgia porn. As an exercise in recreating that era and, and making it feel like a period film, he does a knocker's job at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's he's got a lot of love. He has, a, he has a lot of love for the old 
like you know late 60s tv i thought that was nicely create recreated it, it took me out of it uh when the uh, clash of clans when they started playing clash of clans though uh you know at the same time like you know steve mcqueen they have a scene with damien lewis who you it love looks a lot like him in there. yeah um but they you know it it's not like steve mcqueen's a character in this he gets one scene where he's yeah. at the playboy mansion and he talks about sharon tate yeah that's it and he's bummed out because he's not her type because yeah. he's tall. Yeah, and he's Emil Hirsch, mm-hmm. who, who we will be see accepting a statue next March. Emil Hirsch, my if I zoom in, yeah. should not be in movies anymore. <laughs> he punched out uh, a woman at Sundance when he was drunk. Uh, she pressed charges, uh, but he's still cast in movies somehow. My if I zoom in even further, yeah. a fucking complete cock. What a piece of shit. And here's the thing. I, if he's missing for movies, no one gives a fuck. He's not that good of an actor. Is he? Has he been good? When's he been good? Savages. He's their uh, computer programmer. When's he been good in anything? Uh, I get him mixed up with Helen Hirsch, who is a stellar person. Just saying, like, if he was in that movie with Brian Cox... The, the the kind of the haunted corp you know corpse movie yeah great Autopsy great movie Joe. yeah great movie with Brian Cox has killed it yeah Mill Hirsch fine into the wild he was good in that milk I didn't see it but I mean I don't miss him you punched out somebody uh, punched a woman out you don't have to be in movies anymore you're done bye get but you know. I don't and but bring Kevin Spacey. He's skinny as shit. But bring Kevin Spacey back in films. I miss him. He's skinny as shit. Emil Hirsch. Yeah, I know. I think that's why they call him Emil because there's only one. I you know, need to eat more. Do you know who his dad is? Yeah, Judd. Judd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Apparently his dad is Al fucking Fraser. Joe. Anyway, Fraser. Tarantino. Um. Um. Somebody brought this up to him and said, "Why would you cash, uh, cast him and saying that Tarantino was irresponsible and all this stuff and maybe a piece of shit?" And he said that they hurt his feelings a little bit by saying that. You know what? There's another cute. I want to zoom in. There's a cute scene where um, there where uh, Brad Pitt and uh, Leo watch his FBI episode together. Yeah, it's called FBI. Was that a real show? I th- maybe it's not a called the show is called FBI. I'm, it's not why I'm zooming in. Yeah, um, there's a really cute little moment where they're watching it, and Brad Pitt is guessing the se- shooting locations. Yeah, I thought it was so cute. It's a nice little moment of the two guys. Oh you no, th- there's a lot of the, Brad Pitt's commentary in that scene makes it. It's ama- they're watching the footage, and uh, he's making jokes about, it and he's and he's uh, DiCaprio does a little jump, and he goes, "Oh, nice little nice jump there." You know, he does. Yeah. It's like the really funny commentary on the scene. It's a it's a fun scene too, because DiCaprio plays a cop killer <laughs> in it. Yeah, um, yeah, it's great. I wonder if that's a real show. And we should have zoomed in. And I like the fact that I think it was a show. And I and I like the fact that uh, Leo sheepishly invites him to. Uh, watch it with him and Pitt's already got a thing of beer ready for it he's like I wouldn't miss this for the world you know? yeah I like that yeah God, yeah, I'm, and, just, I'm you just know, proving how great Pitt is in this well then Pitt there's a scene when he leaves 
DiCaprio's place, and you see him, he's just driving like a maniac. You know, like he, he's just speeding, weaving through cars, going home. And he drives to a drive-in, and you're like, I was going to watch a movie, but he lives behind the drive-in in a trailer. That's mm-hmm. his, that's his place. Um, I wonder if that's like Tarantino's dream, like two dream, live in the Hollywood Hills or whatever, and then also live behind a drive-in. You yeah. Know? Another so, another adorable moment, mm. and it's another Brad Pitt moment. Do you remember what he's talking to when he goes, "I remember you." Adorable scene late in the movie. Oh yeah, no, yeah, of course he remembers the Manson family. No, not remembers that. Tex. No, he he does that too. But there's mm. an, an adorable scene where he finds an old cigarette. Oh yeah, he says, "I remember you." Yeah, an acid laced, and cigarette. that kicks that kicks one of the cutest moments in the film. Where Pitt is like, and away we go. Like he goes on a little, little, a little acid trip scene. It's yeah, adorable. he can't wait. It's cute. And um, he can I ask you this? Yeah, and I couldn't tell. Did did does Brad Pitt like intact faces in this movie? <laughs> does he? He uh, yeah. He does or not? He's. He <laughs> what do you think had no, your worst face damage? This or Midsummer? Midsummer, but it's but Midsummer owes, like I said, it owes a debt to other movies, because Brawl Brawl and Cell Block is face damage headquarters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Irreversible is the granddaddy of head damage, mm-hmm. and Drive has is at least a like a Lions Club member of Face Damage Incorporated. Did you think the credits were weird when it said no feet were harmed in the making of this film? <laughs> and actually, did you hear about the women were uncomfortable? burying their feet in this they wore shoes nick but they cgi'd that bare feet are you kidding me they they had to wear green shoes green socks so tarantino could get his feet wishes out they cgi tarantino feet. likes most of broken lizard <laughs> yeah he likes those feet i mean david lynch does it right david lynch has a kind of a some fetishes that he puts on film too I know what you're talking about Alfred, Alfred Hitchcock used to put trains through tunnels. He thought that was a... He's like, wink, wink. Uh, yeah. We get it, Alfred. You know, we know what that means. Yep. Harmony Kareem. Yeah. Do you do that too? Yeah. It's, it's ugly shit in front of the camera. Okay, so... Obviously... Do you think, by the way, you know, there's not a lot of... Movies. I'm sure a lot of the movie podcasts are be talking about this film. You know, not maybe right away, but you know they're going to be drilling down on this one. Is anybody going to beat this for just diving in, just bringing up all the themes, just crushing it? We're like Brad Pitt's in this. <laughs> Some feet. By the way, Leonardo. That is a fucking tough one to pull off, but he does the name. Oh yeah, yeah. There's you know there's not too many there's not any other really actors that are busting Leonardo right right. You got a lot of Leos yeah, but Leonardo that's a tough one and he's and he's still you don't put, have a lot of Leos even yeah but Leonardo is just a that how did that work I don't know that's a that's like a parent give you know giving a starting their kid off with a minus and he overcame that yeah. you know he was a dorky looking kid too I guess he was adorable but he was Elfin dorky looking elfin and people are all over mad because they they were 
you know, Twitter or somebody is trying to compliment him. He doesn't do the sequels game. He doesn't do the the tent pull. You know, he's not in like Marvel movies. He's not in. But then they're like, yeah, he's in Critters, bro. He's in the Critters three. That's right. He was in the sequel. You know, the best. Yeah. Yeah, he peaked early. Mm-hmm. And he was in the sequel to The Edge. Was he? Revenant. Yeah. And the sequel to. It was a sequel to um, Diamond Pricked itself. <laughs> Blood Diamond? <laughs> anyway, old DiCaprio hadn't worked for a while. And he got back on the he got on the Q train. I mean, what do you mean by not a while? He hadn't worked for since The Revenant. Hadn't been in a movie. He's been cooling his heels. And Quentin Tarantino He's said, watching. let me see those bad boys. <laughs> um, now, this, this is... There was some man, some of the Manson family had some of the boys oh, had bare feet. Everybody was barefoot at that fucking ranch. Are you kidding? Yeah. Me? I noticed. You his did. Foot, his foot haven. It was disgusting. You don't, and you don't like feet. I, I don't like feet. But I, I mean, I don't mind them that they exist. I know that they serve a purpose. Zoom in. I've seen some cute feet in my time. There's there's some out there, but. Typically, the it's it's the it's the weakest links, you know, the, that ruin it for everybody else. The people that have the worst feet tend to wear sandals, tend to show the feet off, and it's. I know. keep mine. I keep my feet pretty buried. Cut, cut under wraps. Yeah. Yeah. A double sock. Yeah. Uh, do you double sock ever? No. I do. Oh, a double sock. No, because then for you, get, sure. you, you get bad traction. Well, I don't want to. I don't want anybody catch a glimpse of these guys. Well, you the thing is, when you're walking, your feet are doing two different things at mm-hmm. once when you're wearing two socks. Right. What do you think of... Uh, By the way, can I zoom in? Two mm-hmm. socks. It's the name of the uh, wolf in Dancing with Wolves. Yeah? Yeah. Do you think Tarantino ever watched Misery? Oh, yeah. And walked out? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Furious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He also thought Footloose was a porn. <laughs> Got a refund on that one as well. It wasn't? Yeah. Well, Larry, Lori, maybe that's where it started. Footloose, Lori Singer, the barefooted cellist was in was in Footloose. Shortcuts. Was she in Shortcuts too? She was the barefoot cellist in Shortcuts. Yeah, she man, she was trying to rock the cello. Yeah. And make that make that cool. She didn't succeed. I, I well, says you, Mark Mark Singer, it's amazing. They were in a movie together. Yeah. Yeah. Tarantino could have pulled him out of the woodwork. Old Mark Singer put him in this. Yep. So, um, like I said, there's not a whole lot of, you know, even Pacino, who's got a kind of a fun role, doesn't get to do much in this. He's only in a fun. handful of scenes. If by fun you mean not fun at all, you're right. Oh, come on. He's fun. He's fine. Gets to play like a, a, a producer. He's, gets a, to, he's, a, he's, he's exposition. He's fine. He's fun. Doesn't need it. I love I love Pacino. I I, I I yearn for him. It sounds like it. I was excited about him being in this. Didn't work. Mm-hmm. He was wrong. He did work. He just wasn't it very much. Michael Madsen even less. Michael Scoot Madsen. McNary shows up for a yeah for a few lines. I listened to Scoot recently on a podcast. I told yeah. you they interviewed him. Me he too. was he was very boring, yeah. but I still love him. He's a little bit, um, and he was interesting and then kind of boring, but you know, he's a, he's great. He's good in everything he's in. Killed it in True Detective recently. So, okay. I don't know. Great. Um, 
crushed it in Batman v Superman. Literally crushed mm-hmm. the whole area. Mm-hmm. Um, music out the ass in this movie. Oh, I mean, that's, that's a Tarantino, Tarantino trademark. Driving scenes out the ass. Tarantino. I thought I was playing Grand Theft Auto for a while there. So did I. It's a reminded me of Grand Theft Auto a little bit, yeah. Just lots of dialogue in the car, driving around. Mm-hmm. Lots of not non-dialogue scenes in the car, just driving. Yeah. Uh, a lot of footage of Pitt driving around town. I could watch that all day. But uh, some good music choices, obviously. I mean, there's a Stone song in this. Okay. Which I wasn't familiar with, but it's it's good. I think it's a Stone song. Uh, certainly Mick Jagger. It's uh, I it's in the middle of the, of the Tarantino filmography for, for you. Me. Yeah, yeah. I, it climbed a little bit higher after I thought about it for a while. I think it's, I think a lot of people would be picking picking it apart for a while. And it's it's certainly uh, his films are are like that though. They they tend to age well. Yeah, and I think this one will, will age pretty well. I think a lot of people are going to try to connect this to where he is in his career right now. I think he said that he originally envisioned this as a novel, and it felt like it could have been a novel to me more than his other films. It would have been a shit novel. I don't know about that. Dreadfully slow. Might have been the better as a novel. I don't know. I mean, the movie is slow. It's good slow most of the time. So I like, I like a lot of the slow. I mean, I, I and I and honestly, there's not a a hollow moment when DiCaprio or Pitt are on screen. It really shines during all that stuff. Okay. What did you think of the ending? Hated it. Did you really? I mean, I liked the silly stuff because it gets super silly. I mean, it has a lot of fun with uh, with its violence, with the mm-hmm. with what it, it's very it's very good comedy. Uh, and 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 scary-ish comedy, but violent comedy, super violent. And uh, but you hated it. What do you mean? I hated what happened after, after the all that shit. I loved. I loved. I it's loved, about three minutes left after all that goes. Down. I love the. I love the drunken Leo threatening the the the, the rascals in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. I love uh, the the chaos that ensues when the when the Manson family shows up at a certain house. Mm. Um, I love the pool and the fire and all that, uh, and then the cute introduction. The dog, the dog's amazing. The the cute uh, introduction of Rick Dalton to his neighbor, but w- it ends. And I mean, I, I it makes all the sense. It's once upon a time in Hollywood. It's a fairy tale. So, but I, I just felt like they probably. You didn't like the, that it ended there? Yeah. Is that what you didn't like? Okay. Fair yeah. enough. You thought there's... there's I don't need him explaining himself, mm-hmm. but I do need something... I need it to end with more of a more of a punch. Because it's, it's sort of... It's sort of... It's a bit of a soft ending. Um, and I don't necessarily know why it had to be tied to that. Because it really... It, it didn't need to be tied to the real world. You didn't need to tie it to the, the 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 Sharon Tate and Manson stuff does not need to be them. It doesn't really bring anything extra to the film. What are you talking about? That's the whole that's one of the points of it. To me, no. It's, to me, it's about these two brothers, basically. You know, it's it's Hollywood and how it, how it, the bite it takes out of you and these guys that they live like how Pitt lives in the margins and and how Leo's facing uh, his waning career and all that. That's enough. You, you don't have to make it tied to. This real life event, especially since they don't even acknowledge the real life event. 
they do acknowledge it very much and they and they say that and the whole point is a lot of people feel like that's when the tide turned for hollywood that's when it got it, it lost some of its luster or innocence after the, those events and so what he's doing i think in a way is that he's saying okay well what if that didn't happen yeah, and then you walk out of the theater showing Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and the Lion King fucking soulless Lion King remake, uh, CG uh, how, remake how is dare you. at the multiplex next to you. But, you know, I, Mission not accomplished, Leonardo. You know, and I, I think, you know, the movie is saying, you know, the movie is a fairy tale, like you said. Uh, you know, it's not, you know, we know what happened. It's playing with that idea. But we also know what happened to DiCaprio and we know what happened to Pitt in that movie is they did they didn't get a second chance they nothing went up for them in the movie that's the start of his 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 new resurgence then the movie that you know Pitt probably goes back to work for him he, he gets starts getting gigs again but in, in 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 reality no that did not that did not happen you know those characters aren't real but in reality he's he so Tarantino I think in a way was He's trying to save all the stuff that was lost, I guess. And that, I mean, that's a dumb way to put it, but that's what he's doing, you know. Oh, then part he, of it was he doing. failed. He did not fail. I don't think. I think it's a noble attempt. I mean, I, I think noble is the wrong word. I think it's a natural thing to want to do is to to save, to go back and save certain things, and to go back and and change and, and, things. And Margot Robbie's adorable as the character but i'm not it's not like i mean yes the, the, she enjoyed the audience responding to some of her slapstick in the movie mm-hmm. but it's not like she's the next big thing or she's some some vital part of the hollywood machine that that was snuffed out before she had a chance to change that industry she was a small, that exactly small. what people th- you know they you know that's a person that was on the rise in in hollywood that's a per- that's a and you know the, the the ending of her life is is woven into the she's fabric Dominique of that Dunn. city. She's Dominic Dunn. Dominique Dunn. Yeah. Um. You know, I don't know. It's just like that legend of, uh, and that story is a is a very big part of Hollywood, right? And so, you know, Tarantino is is going back and and the, trying to rewrite it, which is which is was is, which is interesting. I mean, people do that all the time with memory and yeah. With your own life, you do that shit. So, you know, but you know, at the same time, I'm not exactly sure that it's completely successful. I guess you know, I'm not exactly sure this is like you said. This is middle of the pack Tarantino for which you. is still very good. I mean, it's an, uh-huh. it's like a, a high seven or a low eight for me. And you know, it's it's I think it's good too. But I th- I'm not exactly sure it's um. A masterful film by any means you know it's certainly his his talents on display but i'm not you know i don't know if it's missing a step i have to see it again well but i think you're wrong i think as far as the, the Sharon tate stuff i i i believe that that's the you know the the reason for the film is all tied into that story and well, then he fucked up <laughs> well you could say that i guess uh, i'm uh, to me it's he I, would dis- i don't he I, would disagree with you yeah but see the thing is the themes I can't. The, uh, you look at his films. The themes of the films, whatever the, the impetus for them is, mm-hmm. isn't why we love them. I, I don't. I mean, I don't think he's he's not exactly an airtight talent. He has 
you have to make some uh, some sacrifices when you're watching his movies. There's some some. There's no one like him, though. No, there's nothing. Nobody like him. That's for sure. It's all. It's also uh, nobody like Jack Elam. <laughs> but, but you know, so he, he this film was a great little ride down nostalgia lane with some great performances and some really fun moments. But you know, it's you know you he the juxtaposition of this guy that's aging out of Hollywood with someone that's coming um, up and rising up and, and has this whole future ahead, including Polanski. Um, you know, that same, you know, the, the, that kind of juxtaposition is, was important, obviously important to him. And so well, uh, the w- real winner, if this story were true, is those is that Polanski wouldn't have been a fucking monster. What do you mean? I mean, he wouldn't have become a monster. That's not true, probably. Well, I don't know when that when did that happen? Did that happen before that the incident happened before Tate? I think it happened before her. Oh. Yeah. I don't know, but it's speaking of Plansky. Ugh. What? A talented douche. Ninth Gate. Classic. I mean Chinatown. Great. Amazing. And you know, later in life, Ghost the Ghost Rider's pretty great. It's a solid movie, yeah. A lot of people like Rosemary's Baby. I never saw it, I don't think. You don't like it? It's okay. Mia Farrell sickens me. <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? She Why? She sickens me. The sight of her sickens me. Because she's got short hair? She sickens me as an actress. How's the feet? Sensational. Sensational. They look like basketballs. You like her name? <laughs> Zoom in. <laughs> Tarantino liked to dribble them. Did you... uh? certainly traveled did you do you like her short hair in, in that movie it's disgusting <laughs> you like her last name pharaoh mm-hmm. not bad egyptian really yeah did you know that uh i she, thought it was i thought it was uh, cards did you know she um d- dated frank sinatra for a while who didn't and then she dated his twin woody allen married his twin <laughs> That's a woman. Speaking with, of, that's a woman with a wide, people. wide range of taste. Yeah, doesn't is it yeah. not? Yeah, maybe she couldn't see. Yeah, she's cheating on Rob Lowe with fucking Wilford Brimley. <laughs> Can I say I don't like a clean-shaven Timothy Oliphant? Does he have? What's he usually have? Mustache and beard or something? Yeah, he's he always clean-shaven. He looked young as dogs in this. I didn't like it. You, what is he? He always is wearing like a I like, clean face. Uh, the last thing I've seen him in was as an, an aged Seth no, no, in he, uh, Deadwood. He always is clean-shaven. What you didn't like about it is his hair was weird. That's he, what happened. Uh, he had like a straight, flat hairdo in this. Well, he also had a clean shave. But he doesn't always. Does he have facial hair? I, I didn't make me. I, I wasn't don't think so. To see this bullshit with him. I think he always comes clean shaven to set. Just like I didn't even recognize him in the first. Just shot like of Peter him. Green. What the best actor? You know, it's hard to believe. What heroin addict? At one point, it's just, just such uh, hard to believe. Um, old Timothy Oliphant. Let me look. I'm a. I'm a. Um, look, Google him and see if I can see. Do you know he was in the Hulk porn? Who? Peter Green. <laughs> the Hulk porn. 
Tim uh, Oliphant's a handsome looking man. I love him. Some yeah, he, he he does get stubble sometimes. You're right, but he doesn't. He isn't. He isn't crushing like a beard and mustache typically. He's got, and he's got wild hair lately. Yeah, he's got some wild hair up his ass. Maybe sure. that was a wig that he was busting that make him look a little younger. Or something. I love him. And listening to him on the podcast made him even happier. On Conan, yeah. Oh, Kim and Conan are actually buds. I love it. Timothy Oliphant tried to be a comedian, stand-up comedian back in the day, like before he was an actor. I think he was yeah. a stand-up comedy. There's a reason we we don't. Yeah, that's not happening. He had a name for it. He had a, he had a great name. Oliphant. Yeah, that'd be. Yeah. Conan cracked an Oliphant in the room joke. Did he? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. That would be a good name for his like comedy album yeah yeah Oliphant in the comedy room or whatever one of the famous comedy rooms yeah. is or something you know the banana room or he could tour Chris Titus yeah Elephant Titus <laughs> didn't want to say Oliphant Titus <laughs> you seen Titus how many times have you seen Christopher Titus and a few times yeah, yeah. he's my, one of my favorites yeah yeah Still trying to figure out what his comedy is. I don't know. I never, never really see it. I think he's pretty popular. Yeah. All right. So what? We did we crush this or did we get it? Did we finally achieve the golden <laughs> microscope? I think we did. Wow, we nailed it. <laughs> You're welcome, listeners. Crush this one. <laughs> Some chewy zooms in this one. Mm. (laughs) My notes suck. (laughs) So there's a there's a point in the movie at the end where (laughs) DiCaprio uh, is getting in a gets an old time uh, ice tray out and gets some ice. You know he has has his little handle on it and he wiggles out the ice cubes. That got a laugh in the theater. Of course it did. Because you know why? Because that's old. Because it's old. It's an old thing. You don't see ice ice cube trays anymore. <laughs> oh man, they had ice cube trays back then. Oh my god. Uh, one thing I did. Oh yeah, I, went, I played basketball with NWA. Yeah, I saw some ice cube trays. <laughs> I saw. I thought it was funny in the movie that you know. I saw Di- an easy layup too. DiCaprio shows up to set. He had been drinking the night before, and he is destroyed. Like he can't stop coughing can't pay attention <laughs> he is destroyed by it and he gets mad at himself and the trailer lady is like just have three just have three or four bourbons or something don't have nine he gets so mad at himself because he's just just a wreck because he's old um <laughs> i like that i like that whole that whole deal apparently that's it easy breezy pumpkin puss yeah, it was the cute book. little names. Yeah, easy. I think he calls the girl pumpkin puss at one point. Or pumpkin. Yeah, and she gets mad at him, but she lets it slide. Um, yeah, he has a great line about how she's gonna be washed up in twenty years. Oh, what do you think about this? Tell me. Uh, Brad Pitt makes mac and cheese in real time it, in this. <laughs> what do you think of that? It got me got me fucking hungry. <laughs> they uh. Did you hear they had to have a mac and cheese guy in set teaching him those moves? Because there's no way he's ever made mac and cheese in his fucking he, he, life. I'll tell you what, give him a fucking Oscar now because I was convinced that that guy made mac and cheese every night. He's making like the the old the box mac and cheese with the the packet of pow- cheese powder the, the right way. Yeah, how it should be done. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, they they really focused on that. He yeah. was making mac and cheese. Oh, yeah, that took me back. Yeah, I know. He went to he went to mac and cheese school for that. Yeah, I believed it too. You're right. He that's a man that looked like he made. I believe that Cliff Booth has made mac and cheese, but not Brad Pitt. Certainly I guarantee you, Brad Pitt has fucking made some mac and cheese. Maybe Top Ramen, but not mac and cheese. I'm telling you, he's done it. That guy, that guy, he does. He gets his hands dirty. You think so? Yeah. That's what I'd ask if we were on the interview circuit. I go, do you really make the mac and cheese in this, or was that Tarantino putting his hands in the shots, and, making and mac would and be cheese like, for you? You know, fucking the year before cutting class, mm-hmm. I was living on the fucking rope. I was barely, barely <laughs> pulling it by. Yeah. He's like, I had to blast it in and blow it out, and I would. I'd make me. I'd get one of those family-sized macaroni and cheese. Yeah. Put it in a big old tin tub. Yeah. And fucking sit by the transistor radio eating that macaroni and cheese. Delicious too, right? Yeah. Sometimes I didn't even bother boiling it. You know how I know that Brad Pitt never made mac and cheese in his life huh. in this. His abs. Huh. His abs. No, is that whenever he was stirring it the the mac and cheese with his toes, he didn't question Tarantino. It was weird that that whenever they cut to the him mixing it, it was a black guy's hands. <laughs> um, my notes are very very shitty. You took a lot. You took a lot of notes, and you drew a picture. I drew a picture of that awful person. Um, the guy that looked just like Bruce Lee, until he took his glasses off, and they, then he looked like a nightmare. I think his name was like his last name's M O H. I don't know his first name, but. He was good. He he was he had like a he had a pretty good little scene there with Brad Pitt. That would that'd been exciting, I bet, for for him. What do you think of uh old Kurt Russell? We didn't talk about Kurt Russell popping up in this as a stunt man. Yeah, I like him. Not stunt man Mike though. Yeah. Maybe a he, stunt man. He's Mike's also the father. narrator. He is the narrator. Well, under yeah. under uh, I, I you know, I worship Kurt Russell to mm-hmm. to the you know, forever. He doesn't have much to do. He's not He's memorable. good he's a good narrator in this. He the best of, part is the is a little grudge between him and uh and Brad Pitt. Yeah, and Zoe Bell plays his wife, and she actually Zoe Bell was was fun in this. It says you, you didn't think so? Not at I all. know you don't like her, but she's she's good in this. I thought she had she had some fun with that role. She plays a a, and che- my, a cheesed off stunt coordinator. My least favorite part in the whole movie mm-hmm. is is uh, it, it, I felt like it was very death proof to me. Which is my least favorite of his work. Okay. Part. Okay. Which part? When they when they invade the house, the girl the girl who's doing all the talking. Yeah, it, I didn't it like. Gets that. a little death proofy. Well, the the to her talking her. I think she's saying stuff that that character actually said in real life. Um, it yeah, she says something like, "Hey man," she does that whole like kind of like cliche hippie thing. Um, yeah, it, it was okay. That's could, the, the, that's when you see when the seams in his writing are very evident. Mm. Uh, that, that's why I hated Death Proof. Those those talking scenes in the car were so look at me. Mm. And and when he's at his best, it really just flows, and you're not thinking about the craft. You're just sort watching of. it. What? I disagree a little bit. No, what else is fucking new? I just think that everything is look at me with him. That's the whole point. I mean, he's he's very look at me. I don't think he, his stuff. What do you mean flows? It's always self reflective. When, yeah, but when it's done My right, it just... I zoom in for real. <laughs> Super zoom. Yeah, well, you look at Jackie Brown, you look at... That movie just flows like fucking smooth water over some smooth rocks. Mm-hmm. And then 
And it's all about my man Tarantino. Yeah, no, I, it's always about him. Of what course. I'm saying is, but the dialogue, the pit, and the and the DiCaprio, all that shit, it flows. When somebody does a soliloquy, get the fuck out. She has like seven lines in the movie. The way she delivers them, it's not good acting, maybe, but it's and not. the timing, the placement of it, the idea of it. That's where I, that's where I think it's like maybe the only thing that kind of sticks out is. Uh, maybe a bad acting moment in that film is well, that little scene. God, well, if we ever do a show that's about the little moments, I'll be sure to bring it up. I'm just saying, like that. I just say that you're right, but it's that that, that I think it doesn't harm the movie that much. Harmed me. Uh, you just don't. You just don't like it because uh, you're jealous. That's a good point. That's a good point. Jealous much? I'll tell you what, though, it gets me super whacked out as she gets demolished. <laughs> well, she get you got revenge. Yeah, she gets demolished. She gets... Who enjoys it the most? Maybe her. Yeah. But she... uh, (laughs) I don't think... After that scene, there's no reason for anybody to be checking wrists for pulses. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, no one... If you're looking... You don't have to go past the faces in that. And in, in a way, is Brad Pitt... You know, his character through Tarantino through that character erasing the images of the Manson murders erasing the the faces of of the murder I this, am I zooming my my crushes am I totally zoom am I zooming from another plane I like speaking the Italian, of planes like there the, is a plane there are planes in this I like the Italian wife too she's kind of funny in that scene too she's her her real mom I believe I did read this in the trivia is Al Pacino's wife. The actress's real mom plays Al Pacino's wife in this movie. Thank you. Yeah, she's fun. She she did DiCaprio goes overseas, meets a Italian actress, I think, and yeah. gets married. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, she's actually an active participant in the final scene. Because yeah, you know there's that there's that stigma with Tarantino sometimes mm-hmm. not treating his, his ladies. Uh, that I think that's gonna be controversial in this film. I think there's a lot of um excessive Women, woman damage in this film, and people will be bringing that up. Yeah, yeah. and then and it, even and then even of course that whole story with him and Uma on the Kill Bill. Yeah, but he's made amends. It seems like he made amends for that. Yeah, but oh, speaking of Uma's daughters in this, really? Did you notice her? What's her name? Maya Hawk. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And so in the scene with the the four Manson family members in the in the Can I zoom in, mm-hmm. Ethan Hawk's son. Ethan Hawk's daughter. Daughter. So she, she's the one that that gets back in the car and leaves. That's that's her, and she looks exact. She looks like Uma Thurman, and she spe- she speaks exactly like her. Her voice is the same. But yeah. little Ethan Hawke too. Not much. She got some of his cum in her. Jesus Christ! What is happening? <laughs> Hello, Zoom, Zoom. Weird Zoom. She's got some. De- she shares family blood with him. Oh, that's not a Zoom. Yeah, it's her dad. I don't know. Uma Thurman had a daughter old enough for that. She's in Stranger Things. That's how I recognized her. Ah. She's got a prominent role in that. That's Sounds like her mommy. That's how I don't Looks know her. Looks like her mom. Retired, uh, Uma? Uma's not t- retired, no. She's she just, working? She just aged. She just got close to 50, so she don't see her as much anymore. Um, No, she, yeah, of course she's still working. She's in the house that Jack built, bro. One of your favorites. Or <laughs> never watched that movie. Um, Lars von Trier. Speaking of 
yeah. misogynist, which Tarantino is not. But yeah. Anyway, um, that's it. Let's should we wrap it? <laughs> Did we crush it? We nailed it. <laughs> Knocked it loose. So, so, what's your indelible image from this film? Besides the faces, besides the feet, is there some? <laughs> what is it? Indelible image. Um, I don't know. I, I'm uh, rooftop pit. Maybe you got to have them together. It's got to be the two guys together. Yeah. You think? I don't know about you. You have one? Probably just them sitting in a car together. I mean, that's 90% of the movie anyway. Yeah. I guess for me, pit on the foot of the bed with Bruce Dern in it. The foot of, speaking of foot, foot of Bruce Dern's bed. Not as successful of a song as Betty Davis's eye. He's on Bruce Dern's bed. <laughs> he is older, <laughs> disgusting, got banged by the code of fanning. <laughs> Wish his face was disguised, but he's got Bruce Dern. He's <laughs> <laughs> got a durning desire for Dakota Fanning in that film. <laughs> he's blind. Remember, he keeps talking about he's blind to yeah. that. Then it's revealed that he's not blind. Right. That's a lie. I'd be. I, I mean, he's better off blind. There's a great. There's a great gag in that scene with him and Pitt, where Pitt's like, "Hey, you know, he wakes up, wakes him up, and he's like, do you remember me? I'm Cliff Booth.'" And he's like, "John Wilkes." <laughs> he's like, "It's not a great gag. It's hilarious. It's like one of the funniest, maybe in cinema history." There's somebody billed in the credits as Abraham Lincoln. I know. Yeah, in the cast too, but I didn't see Abraham Lincoln. Did you? Must have been cut out. Yeah. A lot of people think that Tarantino's movies got worse after Sally Menke uh, stopped working I just need to know when she died. Died before Django, I believe. Because Django's great. People say it's... Inglourious is his best, in my opinion. That's her, I think. Yeah, for sure. I don't like Hateful Eight that much. It's got moments. I really hate Death Proof. I really don't like the Kill Bill movies that much. I love Kill Bills. I don't... Tarantino also said that's one movie this week. I agree with him. Um, Should have been one two-hour movie. It's a great movie. I don't know why you don't like that one. It's just hyper-indulgent. As all of his films are. Nope. Yes. But, uh, you know, you like him for his excesses. I think, but yeah, he's more mature. Inglourious is a more mature work. Um, Django is a more mature work. That's where. That's why I was really excited where he was going. Because, um, I mean, Inglorious should have been the beginning of a new phase of his career, and it really wasn't. Kind of took a step. I mean, as much as like Django was sort of a step backward. But Inglorious felt to me like there was a little bit of the DNA from all the films that preceded it in it, and that's not the case anymore. Um. Well, I'm done with him. By the way, <laughs> after this, you don't waste Rebecca Gayhart. And then you, you yeah. waste her. I'm done. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You don't do that to me. Can you imagine the read through for this? Mm-hmm. 
Clifton Collins is like, are you fucking serious? Does he even have a line of dialogue? His character's name, uh, stand, uh, sit beside Luke Perry on a horse. Luke Perry gets some lines, though. Gone. He did die, R.I.P. Was this his last? Yes, I think so. Doesn't get to play a cool character. Gets to play like a son of a of a landowner. I guess you had to use a cane in a weird way. Yeah, he's he was good in it. He's I always mean, good in stuff, really. Yeah, it's retroactive. Just trying, um, trying right. to be nice to a dead man. All right, so what about a theme restaurant for this bad boy uh, yeah. or the amusement well, park? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ways you can go with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously, driving might be a factor. Might be driving something. I'd do a restaurant like Panera, kind of. Yeah. You know how you can get the... Uh, you ever go to Panera Bread or American yeah. Bread Company? You can get... Uh, do you ever get the bread bowls, soups? Oh, I've had it. So instead of bread bowls, I would get like the... The day hall. I got my very first cell phone, I had a bread bowl. Did you really? I did. And I read my instructions. For your cell phone? Yeah. Gwinnett Mall. Zoom in. Yeah. It was a good day for you. What kind clam, of soup? Clam chowder. Gross. And... Um, what the fuck? Did you, you ever get a bread bowl to go? It's too sog. You never did it? No. You never lived on the edge? <laughs> you know, it was too sog, which was one of my favorite <laughs> hip-hop guys. But then, after that, then they packaged the bread separate from the old soup. So mm-hmm. then it's not too sog. I would, I'd trick them. I would go in there and say, I have a bread bowl, uh, you know, for here. And they'd hand it to me and I'd walk out the door. <laughs> and they'd say, that guy's crazy. Yeah. And I'd be walking around eating my bread bowl. Yeah. Um, so anyway, what I would do is then I'd have, instead of the bread bowls, I'd have the hollowed out faces of the Manson clan. And I yeah. would just, they could, you could eat out soup of of the, the dummies that were used for those Tomato scenes. soup? Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe tomato soup. You could put clam chowder in there. Why not? Um, but you could call it a, I don't know what you would call it, Once Upon a Time in Hollowed Out Faces? Yeah. Yeah. That's a dumb name. It's kind of a tribute. But I think I could, you could see that, and then people would like Clint that. Gulliger's also listed in the credits, and he's not in the movie. He died, right? He lives. Is he in the movie? Is he listed in the movie? Yeah. You're joking. No. You wa- We left before the credits were rolling, really. He's in the fucking credits for the movie. Okay. Fucking liar. Don't call me that. I'm, te- I'm teaching you. Tim Roth. Um, You know, like the right idea of my... I don't like the name you 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 went in deep deep dive into the concept and then the name you took a shit on yourself. Oklahoma's Clue Gulliger talks friendship with Quentin Tarantino. Uh, latest role in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He liked me so much, cut my shit out. Did you say that? I don't know. What is, I'm, I'm looking. You go. You talk. Oh, he played uh, Cliff Booth's uh, son. <laughs> <laughs> Gulliger, by the way, 90. Yeah. Let me zoom in. Mm-hmm. Great in Tron legacy. <laughs> he was great in that. I, I've got, I'm in charge. Mm-hmm. I'm going to... Uh, it's going to be an escape room. You like those. It's it's his trailer. Mm-hmm. And you just have to beat the living shit out of it until until it's until you get out. It's not going to be hard. You mean his Cliff's trailer? Yeah. No, yeah. no. Rick's trailer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, because he has a tantrum in it. Yeah, he does throw some tantrums in this. Yeah, it's a it's a tantrum. You have a ta- it's a tantrum. It's a basically t- a tantrum. But the key is you have to threaten you to kill yourself later. You have to threaten your image. I'm gonna yeah. kill. I'm gonna shoot your face. It's a tantrum room. Yeah, yeah. 
it's not bad. It's, it's therapy. It's also a way to get you know get some sh- angst out. Mm-hmm. And and uh, but it's not easy. It's not like an escape room that's easy to get out of. You mm-hmm. you think of a fucking shitty ass trailer. It's easy to break the walls. Mm-hmm. The whole room's made of adamantium. You're in there forever. Right. What if there's an escape room and it's like they made an impossible escape room that you could never get out of? Yeah, you go, the only way to get out of it is if you could memorize Michael Madsen's lines from this film, <laughs> and there's just no way. Would it be, wouldn't much. it be fucked up if you go into an escape room and there's the bones of everybody who's ever been in there? You're like, okay, this is serious shit. So if you uh, if you were inserted into the world of Once Upon a Time, dot 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 in Hollywood, where'd you fit? There's a lot of roles, but like no one really. Stick out. I guess I would be. Um, I could, I could be part of the. I, I could have been. Okay, so the Manson fam. The Manson family are given horse tours at the ranch to some do doofuses like this doofus couple that are going mm-hmm. out riding. I guess they maybe get murdered. I could see myself. You know, going on a horsey ride. You maybe, make it. Maybe that person's friend. Do you make it? Yeah, of course. Okay. I'm nice. What about you? I would be... Um, or I'm I could be the horse that the guy was riding trying to warn them, but I can't speak. I can't... I don't know how to talk, and I'm trying to do a, a intricate, like, coated hoof thing on the ground. No, I think it'd be like, great is, is you've, you you pull off your mask. It's a, you're a fucking centaur. <laughs> this disguises a horse, but I could be doing this hoof thing where I'm, like, pounding. I'm like... These people are bad. Yeah. You need to oh, get the more, out you're of you're the Morse horse. <laughs> yes, exactly. I would be the more the Morse horse. Uh, perfect. That's who I'd be, and it and I would be not very good at it. And my I, there'd just be a pile of dead tourists <laughs> in the dish that I could not warn successfully, yeah. and I'd be depressed. And but you and you'd be God. They're like they're so happy. They're giving you extra grain. And you're eating it. You're you're grudgingly eating the extra grain, getting chubbier. Yeah, and I'm yeah, I'm just depressed about. I'm trying to do everything I can. Yeah, but it's not working. Yeah, that's who I guess I'd be. Okay, the Morse horse. The Morse horse. Um, I would be um, Timothy Oliphant's Cliff Booth. Oh, okay. I'd be his stunt double. Right, right. Uh, who's who's in worse shape? And unable to do anything. <laughs> You're and, hurt. And, Are you hurt? Uh, no, just not. It's not physically fit enough to handle it, mm-hmm. and also not good at chores. Okay. So I'm just this dead weight that Tim Oliphant's dragging around. Well, you have to name yourself because Cliff Booth is a great name. You have to have a good name for stuntman. Okay. What's your stuntman name? Um, raffle tickets. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> actually not a bad name. Is that two names or one word? What's going on? <laughs> uh, two. Your, your first name is, is Raffle? <laughs> Are you foreign? No. <laughs> no. And he's, his parents never heard of Raffle Tickets. It's, it's a family name? <laughs> Mom, Pa, Tickets. <laughs> Named him such a stupid thing. <laughs> raffle. Yeah. They come Raff for short. Or they no call raffle. raffle. No. Yeah. He's like the opposite of Prince. So you have to say his full name every time. 
and you're an out of shape stunt man. Yeah. And you can't really do stunts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I hate chores. Doesn't mean you don't do them. No, you can't. Most people don't like chores. Too lazy to do them. But Timothy Oliphant keeps you around. Don't have a driver's license. <laughs> what are some other great stuntman names that you could come up with just on the spot besides raffle tickets? I mean, that's probably peak. Um, like like a, like a good manly name. Yeah. Like a, like a. What are some famous like in the real ones? You have like what Dar Robinson. Yeah. Terry Leonard. Um, where are some other famous stunt persons? Hal Needham, yeah. Uh, uh, Walker Cyborg. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great one. Yeah. Drum Rumsfeld, Drip Cashmere, Archie Space, Tan Cat, Lick Hills, Clive Boulder, Shoeless Montgomery Heap. <laughs> Uh, Fant Farley, Soup Shiv, Girth Gherkin, Dirt Havarti, Swung Over, Eggs Benedict. So Totem, pick a Totem from this movie. I mean, the book looked pretty good that you that, that uh, DiCaprio was holding. Okay, I don't. I'd take one of the posters, I guess, from one of the fake movies. I thought those were all pretty great. Um, Pitt had to carry those around too. I like the the one of the, the he had that the race car movie that was like he was like a spy. Mm-hmm. I would get that poster. I can't remember what it was called, but I like that poster. I get one of the. Fake it's funny posters. is it's funny because one of the one of the story elements is that he keeps his props, so he keeps a totem. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, DiCaprio. Yeah. Yeah, he's got art hanging all around. He's got that well, art outside. A piece of a totem factors heavily into the finale. Mm-hmm. In his uh, closet. He does. Yeah, yeah, he does keep. A, um, I would take. Uh, that wouldn't be a bad get, by the way. But I won't take that. Yeah, it's too easy. I would take those gigantic glasses that Tate was wearing. Yeah. Those gigantic sunglasses. She wore some of her real, like you know, Tarantino really involved her sister in this, I think, and she was able she was able to get some of Sharon Tate's real jewelry to wear in this movie. So I heard that zoom on the IMDb trivia. Yeah, I'm gonna take those. Sun- I'm on my island. Mm-hmm. Got some sun shields on. Mm-hmm. I mean, got a head. I got lots of shit going on. Yeah, and that's not ladies' clothing, really. It's ladies' accessories. So that's what you I'm. You do take a lot of female clothing items with you so far on this island what i took a poster i don't know if i would take that poster i'm trying to think of what would be a cooler i don't know i did like pitch shirt on this I wore that kind of like that uh, uh, he wore it well let's uh i mean i wouldn't wear it like that but i did like the shirt that's a cool shirt like you could sell that shirt i like that white ensemble he was wearing late in the movie all white suit kind of thing he oh, was yeah. all suave ass yeah i guess i wouldn't take I just like that shirt. It's on the poster. Oh, what about that tiny thing, of, uh, that flask that that DiCaprio it is a small had. flask. It's a very small flask yeah. he had with him. Yeah, it's another stuntman. Small flask. The uh, yeah, that's a good one. I like it's not the small bad. flask. Yeah. Yeah. Top three Tarantino's for you. Top three, four rooms. <sighs> um, I don't know. Sometimes I think Inglorious is up there, that yeah. number one. This shouldn't be that difficult for you. Well, you go. I already, I already, yeah. I just, uh, it's definitely Inglorious, followed by Jackie Brown, followed by Django. Django third, yeah. Inglorious first, yeah. Yeah, and I mean Jackie, pulp, and Jack, then pulp, and then this. Jackie's cool. Like Jackie's a, a cool one. It's like the cool to like one. It's a cool one to put it first right now. Like it's like people are like, oh, it's his best film all the time, and I think it's amazing. That movie is. That's what, one thing I liked about that movie, is it. 
it did take Robert Forster and Pam Greer and gave them amazing roles, both of them. They're both amazing in that movie, and it wasn't just like a, you know, cute casting choice like he actually gave them stuff to do yeah felt like he didn't do that too much in this one but i, I guess i'd put um i don't know i also love reservoir dog still i don't know pulp is great i would guess i'd go right now i'd go first viewing pulp was by far the best yeah it's still good it was like just a, such a sensational experience but time is, I mean, it's equalized some. It's still really, great. It's still really good. Um, Django's up there, too. I don't know. I guess I would do, um, I'd put Jackie Brown, too. Maybe maybe Glorious at one right now. I'd put, maybe put Reservoir Dogs at three. I just like it a lot. And Glorious seems like his best film to me. Can you just imagine if Sandler had that role instead of Eli Roth? Just would have been a better film. Yeah, uh, Eli Roth is the worst part of that film by far. He's sort of the worst part of Earth. <laughs> uh, and you know, Tarantino's cast him twice. It just doesn't work. Cast him in Death Proof too. Um, you know, he it felt like that role was written for Sandler in a way. You know, like it it needed something like that to have that twist, and you know. And it's a movie about filmmaking in a lot of ways, so it makes sense to have Eli Roth in there, but, you know, it just didn't work. But, it, you know, it, at the same time, I mean, that, and that's a cool character, too. That's a, it's a great character that was underserved by its performer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, that's Tarantino's bad. All right. Do you think Tarantino likes that scene in Beast Within when the guy's rubbing his feet on meat? <laughs> meat feet scene? Yeah, some some movies have a meat cute. He has meat feet.
Oh, 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 oh,